tremble. Remember that we sang it? Yeah. Want is darkness. Want is darkness. And uh, I think I had a word of prophecy that I've already been speaking for a while. The Bible, Ezekiel 36, I'm not preaching yet, please. Ezekiel 36 says, God says, I will never allow you to suffer the reproach of famine again. Famine means want. God says no. And he says, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me, God. For God, for my name's sake, I won't allow you to suffer that. And then I heard a word of prophecy. I've been saying this for months. And uh, a visitor came in, uh, one Pastor Joe, and he says, God says to tell you, you will, this church, the Ark Fellowship, will never know, rep- uh, will never know famine again. That's for every one of you. Want is not God's will. Because the scripture says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because God, you have made God your shepherd, somehow, some way, God's going to meet your need. Yes, we have to work. That's true. But somehow, some way, God's going to meet your need. I want you to believe that for every member of our church. I'm not just praying for me, for the whole family of God. Because uh, want is, is darkness. When you can pay your bill, that's really dark. When they're taking your car away from you and you have no means to go to work, that's really dark. But God doesn't want that for us. And sickness is also darkness. Sickness is darkness. I think I really, I, I hate that thing. Sickness is evil. Sickness is really, really evil. I mean, he takes the whole family captive. When it's a deadly sickness, the whole family is held. Everyone does, no one knows what the outcome is going to be. That's not what God wants on certain things in life. Where you don't know what tomorrow holds and yet you believe in God. He steals from, your, from you your resources. That's not, it, it goes out. And the doctors are good, but sometimes they can't even help. Only God can help. That thing is evil. And, and I think that the name of Jesus, that darkness will also tremble. Yeah. Amen. Stand up tonight. That is some word. Let's make our, our confession here. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. That's Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5. Very important. Tonight I want to continue second uh, message and I want to welcome those who are visiting. Appreciate having you here tonight. You came to be in the presence of the Word of God. And nobody leaves the presence without being cleansed. 
Jesus said, you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. You may not feel clean. It's not your opinion. It's what he says. Amen? Let God be true and every man a liar. So when you leave, you got cleansed tonight. Amen? Just because you were in the presence of the word. That's what it says. And God is not a liar. Amen? Uh, security in Christ. I'm really looking at Psalm 91, just taking it little by little and asking God to show me things in Psalm 91. Uh, there are books that have been written on Psalm 91. It's a great chapter uh, in, in the Psalms. But I look at uh, Psalm 91 verse 2. It says, I will say of the Lord, notice you have to say it. You have to say it. Because until you own it, it's not yours. When you say it, you own it. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He is my protection. He is my resources. He has everything for me. He is my life. He is my hiding place. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. That's where I hide, away from trouble. And Job tells us, a man born of woman is of few days full of troubles. We experience it every time. But Jesus, that's my hiding place. The Lord, He is, I will say of the Lord, say it with your mouth. He is your refuge. I develop a habit of telling the Lord I love Him. You know, I just tell Him over and over and over again. No feelings. Just telling Him, I love Him. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And from time to time, I stop and I hear in my spirit, I love you, son. And it feels good. I know He heard me. Amen. When you say it, you own it. It's yours. When you own God, it's your own will. No one, everyone sinned. And we came to God. So I will say of the Lord, David already was a child of God, right? But he said, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. And my fortress. My God. Right? I'll say it to people. He is my God. In Him, I will trust. In Him, in God, I will trust. Why won't you trust God? For your protection. For your security. For your life. Why won't you trust God? The Bible says, Cursed is everyone who puts his trust in man. You see, with man... His resources are limited. Man's resources, his abilities and resources are limited. They are subject to situations and conditions. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. You can't put your trust in man. Even if he's your best friend and he loves you, you can't trust him. You don't know what he's going through. Maybe when you need him, he has a bigger trouble than you have. And when you call him, he says, but if I tell you what I'm going through, you won't be calling me. He has it. He's a man. 
But God's resources are different. They are not subject to conditions. God is God. He meets every need. So why won't you trust Him? There are, in my mind, three reasons, four, four reasons. First, He is God, right? My God, in Him I will trust. He is God, He's not a man. That's first, just because He's God, a man will lie. God doesn't lie, that's another reason. People change, right? God doesn't change. He remains the same. God is faithful. That's another reason. Four reasons. He is God. He can't lie. He doesn't change. He is faithful. God is faithful. Settle it in your heart. You can trust Him. My God, I will trust. There is no reason not to trust Him. F.F. Boswell said, if you must Doubt anything, doubt your doubt. But do not doubt God. If you must doubt anything, doubt your doubts. For they are unreliable, he said. But never doubt God. Because God is faithful. God cannot lie. You know, in Numbers 23 verse 19, he says, God is not a man. You say, man, that's shifting. Sinking sand, right? God is not a man that he should lie. God cannot lie. He says if he has said something, he will do it. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Repent means, well, I promise you, but, but I really can't help you. I have my own problems. No, he, he doesn't have things like that. He doesn't have to repent. He doesn't have to go back on his word. He has all the resources. He is God. He won't repent. Has he said? And will he not do it? Has he spoken? And will he not make it good? When, will he not make it good? That means God is watching over every word that he has spoken to make sure it's good for the one who believes. So when you believe God's word and you're thinking about it and you're thinking, this sounds really good. I think I'll try it. At that point, you got the attention of heaven. God's watching. He's watching. And if you step out, the water will hold your weight. Amen. Jesus said to Peter, come. And there's no split second. As soon as Peter made up his mind, yes, I will listen to the master. I'm a fisherman, but that's water. That doesn't matter. He said, come. Right? He stepped on the water and it was solid. You know why I know it's solid? If he sank a little bit, he'll turn around, get hold back, hold on the boat and get right in. And say, master, you come, I can't do this. But he walked on water. At the word, come. One word, come. Notice what people would do. Come, the first thing people would do, that's what I call unbelieving believers, right? Come, he'll first of all go test the water to see, hey, <laughs> is it solid yet? <laughs> and you know he never walked on water. So God, he's not a man that he should repent. If he says it, he will make his word good. All we have to do is believe the word. 
and trust in the word. Uh, believing God is holding on to something you can't see. There are no guarantees. The only guarantee is what he said. And it seems like that's what pleases God. It seems like a risk. But it's a good risk. Because of the one on the other side. Amen? The one who gave the promise. And we'll come into that. He makes his word good. He's not a man. He won't lie. And Second Timothy 2 verse 13. He tells us, so this is dealing with his faithfulness. If we are not faithful. I'm reading from the New Century Version. He says, if we are not faithful. That's children of God. If we are not faithful. He will still be faithful. He remains faithful. He cannot be false to himself. What does that mean? God is faithfulness. The essence of faithfulness. That's who he is. He cannot deny himself. He can't be false to himself. Because that's who he is. Faithful. He can, if he does anything otherwise, he's changed. He is faithful. And all he's asking, just trust in my faithfulness. And you have the protection. It's hard because we can't see him. We don't know the power that God has. But we can see because of the things that he has created. As you look up into the sky... If you are on a cruise, you look into the ocean and your mind goes, how can this be? As far as you can see, water. And, and, and then you see uh, uh, creatures flying and you wonder, where will they land? But he protects them. He is God. These things are beyond us. And this God that's created all of it, he is our father. He is our God. And He loves us dearly to the point of allowing His own only begotten to go to the cross so that He can have us. That's how precious we are to Him. And He is faithful. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, He says, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him for us all, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? That's security. With him, he is already giving his son to us. What else? The, everything that you see came from the son. All things were created by him and for him. But then God gave us his son as our portion in life. We truly are secure. We have God and the security of God. He says, God cannot deny himself. He can't be false. He cannot be false to himself. He is faithful. And, and even when we are not faithful to him, and I've experienced that, I know I'm not doing everything, I'm not faithful, and yet I find him to be so faithful. He cares. Even when I've not prayed enough, he's still there for me. Hasn't had nothing to do with prayer and how much time I've spent in prayer. Yeah, that's good, but it doesn't depend on that. It doesn't depend on whether I read my Bible or not. He loves me. It's a relationship I have with him. A relationship that you have with him. And he cares deeply for you. He who did not spare his own son. 
but delivered him for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. What, what do you mean by all things? All things that make for comfort. In, for life here on earth. And all we have to do is believe him. And we are protected. The only time Satan has access to our life is when we don't believe him. And that's you and I. When it becomes difficult to trust what God says and step out of the boat without fear. You see, Peter wasn't afraid to walk on water. <laughs> as soon as he changed his mind, fear came. Guess what? <laughs> he started going down. That should teach us a lesson. Fear gives room to the enemy. And Satan probably injected something in his mind. Are you not a fisherman? You catch fish from what you, you can't walk on water. Can't you see the waves? And he, oh my God, waves. What am I doing? I shouldn't have listened to the carpenter. I'm a fisherman. He knows nothing about fishing. Okay. That's not a joke. He's serious. <laughs> Why should I? I shouldn't. And he began to sing. But he's seen enough miracles. And he's, he's, he's still walking on water. Lord, save me. The good thing is, when he cried out, Lord, save me, Jesus took his hands and faith came in. Because he still walked with Jesus back to the boat. I'm sure he was counting every feet. That <laughs> Before getting back to the boat. Oh, I just got <laughs> just a little. Please, Hold my hand really good. Okay? We forget that these were human beings like us, right? That's what I'll do. I'll be counting just a few more steps. And I'll be in the boat. Where it's, where it's safe. In the boat. <laughs> oh, man. Malaka tells us 2 verse 13. Uh, sorry, 3 verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. This is very important. Notice what is added to that. Because it does not change. Therefore, because of that, therefore, is there for reason. Be, therefore, you are not consumed. The reason why the enemy can't do anything to you is God doesn't change. That's enough for our safety and our security. God does not change. It's not depending on us, on what we do. All we do is believe in Him and trust He is our Father. And because He doesn't change, nothing can consume your life. Nothing can destroy you. Your unbelief is the only thing that can destroy you. It's all got to be with us. So no matter what you're going through, you let God know, I believe, I still believe God. I think it was Bill that said, help my unbelief tonight. <laughs> Remember that? I believe. Declare it. I believe. You know, that man said, I believe. And then he added, help my unbelief. If there's still something in me that's not perfect with regards to Believing, please help me. Take care of that part. And as soon as those words came from his mouth, Jesus turned. 
and the miracle was performed. The truth is, Jesus is still the same. That same Jesus with that man and his son, he's still the same Jesus. He'll do the same thing for you. If you do exactly the same that that man did. God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't, there's no, God has no favorite. And I like to tell people, God has no grandchildren. Everyone is a son. No grandchildren. You have to own him for your own life. It's so important. He doesn't change. God does not change. And that, because he doesn't change, I can rest my case. I will be okay. My family will be okay. The Ark Fellowship will be okay. My children will be okay. No matter what's happening, God cannot change. And I trust him. Nothing else. See, he's not asking you to trust in anything. In this case, all you need to believe in is for your protection that he doesn't change. That's all. That's what is written in the book. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, and all God wants you to believe for your protection is what? He cannot change. That's all. And you will not be consumed. Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember that? Yeah. We don't care what you're saying, king. If God does not, if he's not willing to deliver us, we're ready to burn. But we believe he will. That's what our God is able to. He will. I'm sure Nebuchadnezzar, he he didn't think that would ever happen. But God God will show him what he's never seen before. I'm sure many times he was doing this. (laughs) Didn't we put three people there? Does anyone see what I'm saying? You, you got four people in there? Am I, am I losing my mind already? Something wrong with me. Do you see four people there? And he says, I see four. And, and, and the, the fourth one, he looks like the son of God. Who taught him that? Revelation. God opened his eyes. Even a Gentile, God opened his eyes to see you can't touch God's anointed. You can't burn them. It's God's anointed. And we say, well, God did that for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How nice. Yes, he wants to do the same for you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If only we will say exactly what they said. We don't care what's happening. Our God is able to deliver us from this situation. And if he chooses not to, we don't care either. We, we still will stay, stand our ground. You see, that's the issue. Standing, that's what the Bible says, be still. And no, stand your ground. In God. And in the fact that God cannot change. That's security for us. Things are going to be okay. All things. God's given us so much. All things work together for good. For those who love God and for those who are called according to His purpose. 
But when you're going through things, Satan doesn't want you to remember that. Those scriptures will never come to you. And even if you come to you, what I hear Christians say, yes, I already know that scripture. Sometimes you start quoting the scripture, they'll complete it for you. And then add the word but. And they go the other way. Like a preacher says, your butt's in the way. (laughs) God can't work. We have to trust him. You know, there was a a scripture here. Jesus was lamenting over Jerusalem. And uh, he was, to me, Palm Sunday, that was an unusual day for Jesus. Uh, If you read the gospel, there was great joy on that day. The people had their clothes on. They got this, the king sitting on a... uh, a donkey, and, and everybody rejoicing and all of that. And I'm sure heaven was, I mean, heaven opened up. And I'm sure the father was so pleased. They were receiving the son. They, they were talking a lot about them, saying, who is this? That's Jesus of Nazareth. He just raised somebody who had been dead for days. He, they testified. They were so happy. And I'm sure Jesus was happy they were receiving him and then all of a sudden his emotions changed and he started weeping as he looked over the city and he started saying jerusalem jerusalem he cried he wept and there's a big difference between crying and weeping that's heaving and with a lot of noise and emotions crying and and, and you can read this in Matthew 23, verse 37, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets. They're about to kill one and the greatest of all. Who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often, he said, I wanted to gather your children together. As a hand gathers her cheeks under her wings. But you are not. You were not willing. He says, see, because you're not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. That word means abandoned, deserted, isolated, forsaken. But see, for every one of us, that's what God wants to do for us. Unless we're not willing. The key is willingness. God can protect you any day, any time. He couldn't protect Jerusalem from what was coming. And he wept over it. Why? God Almighty could not protect one city. That's unheard of. Why? They wouldn't. They were not willing. So now he he took his hands off. May that never be our portion in Jesus' name. May we ever be willing to acknowledge God, even in trouble, even when we wrong Him. He's still our help. Where else could we go? Where else? And all He's asking for from us is willingness. And the man of here, He brings like, a, like the, the, uh, a bird. 
a hen that brings the chicks. And that's usually when conditions are not right outside. When it's threatening outside, the hen calls, right? And they're willing. If you don't come in, the conditions outside are going to they will destroy you. You got to come in. You have to be willing. When the hen calls, come in. in. And you were protected under his wings. Under the shadow of his wings. That's where the protection is. In Psalm 91 verse 3, he says, surely. Please say the word with me. Surely. No doubt about it. That's what it means. Surely. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. The one that's planning to destroy you. And you know, Satan plans constantly to destroy us. Plans against our children. He's looking for that place in your life where you're weak. To attack you. And once he realizes you have a weakness in this area, he comes after it. He's like a boxer in the ring that notices his, the, the, his opponent has a weakness. Maybe he punches him in the side and the guy does that. He says, oh, I found it now. <laughs> You're going down. And he's looking for everything. He goes right back to that same place. But you see, God says he will deliver us from all the enemy's plans. Sacred plans that we don't know anything about. Yeah, he plans. You know, I found out God hold meetings. And Satan also hold meetings. That's spirit realm. Just like we hold meetings. God held me, held a meeting in heaven and Satan showed up. You remember for Job? And God says, where have you been? To and fro. Yeah, Satan holds meetings. And sometimes your name is on the agenda. God said, for one king, I want to dis- I want this king, he's so wicked, I want him destroyed. Give me suggestions. And the demon says, I'll go and put, my, put a lying spirit in all of his prophecies. there in the scripture. I'll go and put a, a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets and he'll believe them so that he can destroy. God said, you got it. You can go. Yeah, it's true. In Isaiah 54, it says, They shall surely gather. But I didn't send them. Not by me. That tells you Satan gathers the whole meetings against your life. That's like Jesus said, Watch and pray. And Jesus knew. He told Peter, Satan, how did Jesus know? There was a meeting. And Peter's name was on the agenda. How are we going to get Peter? He says, Simon, Simon, Satan, he's seeking to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you. And then he said, when you are converted, because Satan was really going to get you. If it were not for that prayer, Peter would have gone the same way as Judas. But he prayed. But God... Just like Jesus prayed for Peter, God would do the same for us. You remember the scripture says, he makes intercession for us. He's at the Father's right hand making intercession for us. That's security. Before you even know what Satan is planning, you can't hide anything from God. He knew they mentioned your name. 
<laughs> and he's already praying in heaven for you. That's security. That's why the latter part of this scripture, what I'm, the message I'm bringing, I have nothing to fear. There's no reason to be afraid of anything. I got God. Amen. I've got God. Surely he will he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. So there are things going on, disease, whatever it is that enemy the enemy wants to use, we come into that. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wing you'll take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckle. That's your protection. Your protection. His truth. And we're coming to that. His truth shall be your shield and butler. God, in his mercy, has covered every single need that we have through his son Jesus Christ. No matter what the need is. It's one thing if you have been emotionally damaged from the past. Somebody did something to you and that happens. Yeah, it's real. The pain is tough. But don't stay there. Not as long as Jesus is alive. In Isaiah 52, he says, shake yourself from the dust. Shake yourself from the dust. Tell yourself, I'm not staying down. As long as Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand, I'm going to be free from all this oppression. Because the door was opened through the abuse. And now Satan is coming with a lot of oppression. But God is able. If you put your trust in him, God will kick every of those things out of your life. And you become a testimony. And a source through many will find their deliverance. So the things that you suffered, God now turns it around and uses, it, uses them for deliverance for those around you so that they can find light. That's how important this is. God has covered everything. Now in Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5, and I don't know if I have enough time for this tonight, but it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know why you have to bless the Lord and tell your soul to bless the Lord? Because your soul, when he blesses the Lord, then the blessing, you can't bless God without being blessed. Amen? When you bless God with what measure you meet out is measured back to you. And so tell your soul to bless the Lord because that's where God's going to pour out his blessing. Enter. Your soul. That's the seat of your emotion. That's, that's the area, the part of your being that is the decision maker. It's your soul. That's where God, as he says in his word, commit your ways to the Lord and he will guide your path. Yeah. Give everything to him. So bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I found this scripture some years ago. 
with days of you know oppression from my life in Africa, and I decided, even if there are some bad stuff in my life, uh, I know they hate God. So when I tell God, when I tell my soul, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. So everything that doesn't want to bless your heart, you got to leave because I'm telling more everything inside, bless. And if you hate it, then vacate my body, okay? Vacate my soul, okay? And it worked for me. I was happy to do this. Yes. Free from every oppression. You know, oppression doesn't want to bless God. When you're feeling depressed, it's not a time to praise God, right? So when you, and it's a spirit of oppression, right? Because the Bible says he went about doing good, healing all who were what? Oppressed by the devil. Depression is an oppression. From the devil. And when you're depressed, you don't feel like praising him. And so there is something inside that you can't put your finger on. He's spiritual somehow. He's there. Came in because of something that happened in your life. But God still heals today. And God can heal oppressions. And all anxiety. God can still heal. All we have to do is trust him. That's all Jesus said. If you can believe, all things are possible. Including this oppression, whatever it is, God can free you from it. So tell your soul to bless the Lord and all that is within you, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't what? Forget some of His benefits. All of His benefits. Don't forget. That's the key. We tend to forget when we are in trouble. We tend to forget his benefits. I wonder how you can have a very good insurance, right? And then you're sick, you're wondering, how am I going to pay my bills? <laughs> Don't you have insurance? What's the matter with you? Your boss is paid. You got full coverage, right? Full, that's the insurance. Full coverage. Your, your fellow employees... See, we love our boss. He gave us full coverage. We don't have to even pay a cent. And then you're sick. You go back to work. I say, I'm sick. I don't feel like going to the hospital. I keep wondering, how can I pay the bill? It's going to be huge. The guy looks at him. Don't we have full coverage in this place anymore? What happened? You see, how we can like him when he's natural, right? But when he's spiritual, we, we are not sure. That's oppression. <laughs> That's oppression. Don't forget all of his benefits. And the first benefit is he hears, I mean he forgives all our iniquities. That's the first one. Because that's the thing that robbed us of all other blessings. Number one. That's the first one. We need forgiveness for heaven to be open for us. Otherwise, heaven becomes brass as long as there is sin. So that's number one. We, all mankind, notice, this is for all of mankind. We need forgiveness. Once we have forgiveness, our sins are taken away. He makes us righteous. 
And that's what it tells us. In 1 John chapter 1, I believe verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and what? And to cleanse us from some unrighteousness. Well, after He's cleansed you from all unrighteousness, are you still unrighteous? If you say you are still unrighteous, then somebody is lying. And it can't be God, right? So when God cleanses you from all unrighteousness, you don't have any unrighteousness anymore. He's gone. He forgives your iniquities and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And God cannot lie. That means He has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. And when that's done, there is no unrighteousness in you. That means you are holy before God. When that's taken out of the way, then the blessings must fall. The blessings must fall. Because after that's taken, that's the only thing that's brought disfavor between you and God. God was very careful with Adam. Yeah. He was right there with Adam constantly. Guiding the man, telling him what to do and everything. I know people said, somebody said, well, God said uh, it wasn't good that he was alone. Adam wasn't aware he was alone. Adam was happy. <laughs> he had no idea. It, it, it wasn't Adam that said it's not good. Okay? It was God that said it's not good. Adam had no clue. He was happy. Oh, yes. <laughs> but God saw what he couldn't see. Right? And when God fixed the problem, man, Adam was like, Yeah, now! <laughs> Yeah, he was screaming and talking like he's never talked before. <laughs> he forgives all our iniquities. That's the number one. And then it goes to the second one. You see, that deals with our spiritual life, which is usually number one. See, that's why it's first. A lot of people focus on the natural. But they don't realize the spiritual is what's affecting the natural. When that's taken care of, the natural will take care of itself. That's the number one. When there's trouble, don't look to your right, don't look to your wife. Usually you are the real problem. And nobody can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. Back in my country, if things are not going right, it's my my mother-in-law, she's a witch. That's the way we think. And then God delivered them from thinking. You are your worst enemy. There is no greater witch than the one that you have inside of you. Get rid of it and you'll be fine. It's not your mother-in-law. You are the real problem. The day your eyes get opened, you say, oh my God, I'm the real problem. That's deliverance. Nobody can hurt you. If you're right with God, Nobody can. It's not your mother-in-law. It's not your father-in-law. And certainly it's not your wife or your husband. You are the real problem. You want to change the man? Change yourself first. Amen. That's what the scripture says. Be nice. Okay. I need to go further. (laughs) Go back to what. But see, he forgives all your iniquities. He also heals all your 
diseases, all of it. You see, those, those two, they go together every time. They go together. In the mind of God, both of them are twin evils. They are twin brothers. And if you kill one and leave the other, you still have problems. Both of them have to die at the same time. And that's what the Bible tells us. Look at that scripture here. He forgives and he heals. Isaiah 54, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's the sin. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But that, you can't stop there. But he goes on to say, and with his stripes, we are healed. And you can go to 1 Peter 2.24, the same thing. Peter says, he took, upon, he took our sins on his own body on the tree. But then he says, with whose stripes you, you were healed. They go together. You don't separate them. You can't separate them. That's the way God does it. It has to be completed. God still heals. Matthew 8, 16, 17, he says, on, in that evening they brought everyone that was sick. And he cast out the devil, that was demon possessed, he cast out the spirit and healed all that was sick, that the prophecy of Isaiah might be fulfilled. That he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, just as he bore our sins. Together, they were on him when he was on the cross. He died for both. Sin and sickness. Those two evil twin brothers. He died for all of them. So it's not only all your iniquities. It's also all of your sicknesses. Because if you leave one out, it's not complete. That's the full gospel. It has to be complete. We have to believe both. And trusting God, that's when we complete the work in believing God. Jesus healed more than he forgave sins. Why? Because we live in the natural. We see that. Which is easier to do, he said. To forgive, to say your sin be forgiven. As far as God's concerned, they are one and the same. No big deal. You know when you confess your sins, you're forgiven, right? I said, how do you know? He said, let me show you, brother. And you quote the scripture for me. But it's the same with sickness. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I I think I got to stop here. (laughs) Okay. Stand up with me. Got to close. It's uh, in time. Next time, I want to go with the scripture where it says the truth. The truth is our shield and our butler. That's very crucial. Because that's what God wants us, how how we can truly experience it. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, God says, I put you through these difficulties to teach you a lesson so that you will understand that you need to live your life based on the truth. 
We're coming to that. Would you please lift your hands up tonight? Many times we tell people to lift their hands up. You think it's a, it's a religious thing. No. Isaiah chapter 1 talks about lifting up your hands. And when your hand is stained with the blood of Jesus for good, because he paid the price, God cannot help but look down towards you. And when it's something else, he looks away. But the Bible says when you lift up your hand, God looks to you. Like, son, what do you want? That's what it is. And so God's looking up, looking down at you today and telling God, I want to be whole in every area of my life. I want to be whole. I believe that you are God. I know you are. I know that you are seated at the Father's right hand. Today, I'm living my whole life for you. Consume me. Take full control of my life. Help me to understand that I am in you and you are in the Father. I'm protected. I'm protected. The Father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my hands. That's what Jesus said. The Father in you is greater than all. Father, I will thank you tonight. Thank you for blessing your people. God, every time we come before your word, it's a new day, new revelation. Our eyes have been opened and we are positioning ourselves for blessings of heaven. Pour your blessings upon your people tonight, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, let every oppression be broken upon their lives right now. In the name of Jesus, and let them experience heaven and earth according to your word. As the days of heaven and earth. Thank you, Lord God. Let their dreams be sweet, O oh God. And let your presence be there, strong and mighty. We give you praise tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.